Hey, welcome to Church Experience. Thank you so much for joining us today at our online campus. If it's your first time with us, we'd love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is you head over to churchexperience.tv connect. You can type it into your search bar or you could scan this QR code and it'll take you there as well. This is a great place to go if you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we love to be praying for you. Well, this is week two of our Top of the Charts teaching series. I'm pumped for it. You're pumped for it. Let's jump in. Down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. 
so thankful that you show us how to love lord we are so grateful for who you are and showing us true love lord i hope everyone here i hope everyone here just gets to know you better i hope the message today just gets into their ears and into their hearts lord and i pray that we get to know you in your holy name i pray It's Church Experience Top of the Charts. Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Every time you come around, you know I can't say no. Every time the sun goes down, I let you take control. My bad habits lead to late nights and in a Welcome to Top of the Charts 2021, week number two, where every week we are analyzing a song that's literally topping the charts in our country. And we're analyzing the lyrics of these songs, the songs that are being played in the restaurants that you go to, 
the songs that are being played in the malls that you walk through, the songs that are being played in the vehicles that literally drive past your home on the daily. And we're taking the lyrics out of these songs and we're matching them up with the messages in God's word. And every day we're bringing it back to the most important message, which is the message of Jesus Christ. And this song that we're looking at today is by Ed Sheeran. It's called Bad Habits. And this song is lighting it up on the charts. It is so popular in our country right now. But it's a little uncomfortable, right? This song is a little spicy for church. I mean, did you catch some of those lyrics that we just heard? It says, the sun goes down and I can't say no. Bad habits, late nights, a stranger that I barely know. Swearing, this will be the last, but it probably won't. Man, how real is that song? Have you been there? Have you experienced that? The bad habits, the I think I'm gonna stop, I wanna stop, but I can't, whatever it is. Man, this song is uncomfortable, but it gets real. Today I've titled my message, Bad Habits Lead to You. And we're gonna talk about bad habits because bad habits and and losing to temptation, like this guy in this song is losing to temptation big time. Losing to temptation is a big deal. It costs you every time. It, It might cost you regret and guilt. It could cost your future, it could ruin your future literally. It hinders our walk with Jesus and it hurts those that we love. Surrendering to and and being defeated by temptation can diminish our joy and our peace, and it imprisons us. It imprisons us from the freedom that God intends for us. It can leave us feeling lost, and it can leave us with long-term consequences. Losing to temptation is a big deal, and Ed Sheeran's writing a song about this person who is losing big time to temptation. But on the other side, if you can win over temptation, and today that's what we wanna talk about, how to live in victory, how to defeat bad habits that we all have to wrestle with, how to win in those challenging moments. If you can do that, if you can accomplish that, here's some of the things that God offers you. He offers you infinite joy and peace in his presence. He offers you freedom over sin, walking in victory. Jesus offers you a loving relationship and helping you overcome the hurt that comes from relationships filled with sin. He offers you no fear of consequence when you're walking with him, living free from sin, and he offers you his blessing. So how do we escape the cycle of defeat like you just heard about in this song? (laughs) Those lyrics are so real. I swear, and this is gonna be the last time, but knowing that it probably won't. How do you escape that cycle of defeat and walk in victory? Well, this song might feel a little edgy for church, but if you think it is a little edgy for church, then you should read your Bible. (laughs) You should read your Bible because there's a song that's a little bit more risque than what we just heard, and it's in, uh, excuse me, this this proverb in Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7, I want to read you this story beginning in verse 6 from God's Word. It says, Out of the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple... I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. 
Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, today I have fulfilled my vows. I have food for my fellowship offering at home. So I have come out to meet you. I look for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. So all of a sudden, Ed Sheeran's song doesn't sound all that bad, does it? God's word shares a story that's even spicier than Ed Sheeran's song. But it's for a point because it goes on and it says, all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. God's word gives us a clear warning on the consequences of falling to temptation. And this setting, this story is ripe with temptation, right? When you hear it, you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is something out of a movie. This is unreal. Like this dude is about to fall into some serious struggles because this woman comes out to meet him and and she seduces him, as the Bible says, with her smooth talk. And she says, hey, come to my house. My husband's gone on a long journey. He took his money. He's not gonna be back for a long time. We're not gonna get caught. So come sleep with me. And I, by the way, my, my bed is like a dream scenario. I, I got the perfect sheets on the bed and I've perfumed them and it smells good. And we're gonna just enjoy, we're gonna drink deeply of love all night long. <laughs> like, is, is that okay to be in the Bible? I mean, like what is going on right now? But the point is made, right? I mean, there's some serious temptation. And it says, all at once he followed her. All at once he stepped into this trap and it goes on to describe and compare it to these animals being slaughtered and saying that her house is a highway to the grave. This is going to ruin this young man. It's gonna ruin his future. It's gonna ruin his life. It's gonna have long-term consequence for him. Write this first lesson down. Bad habits over-promise, and under-deliver. Look at it, write it down, but more importantly, get it into your soul. Bad habits, over-promise, and under-deliver. Take it to the bank every single time. If you dance with the devil, you're gonna lose. You're gonna end up with pain and punishment and regret every single time. Because when when the devil tempts you, he has plans for your life. He has a lot of plans for your life in a very different way than God has plans for your life. See, God has plans to bless you and prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Well, the devil has plans for your life as well. And when he's tempting you, he's trying to get you to give in to his plans because his plans are to ruin you and to destroy your future. 
Not to, not to give you a hope, but to dash your hopes and your dreams, to destroy your life. He's a thief. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So make no mistake about it. The devil has come to ruin your life and he has plans for you. So when he tempts you, I just want you to imagine, I want you to imagine what I see so often here in central Florida where I live. There's so many people that love to fish. We got the beautiful Gulf waters and all these amazing and beautiful and tasty fish. And so people often go out to fish, but they bait their hook and they throw it out in the water. And I just want you to imagine every time the temptation floats by your life, whatever temptation it is and whatever type of temptation, I just want you to imagine the devil has baited his hook and he's just waiting for you to come along and take a bite. Because it might look amazing, but what feels not so amazing is when that hook ugh, is, is jammed into the cheek of your mouth and it's ripping away at your flesh. I just want you to remember that, the pain, the regret, the loss of freedom that comes when you dance with the devil and you give in to temptation. And this song by Ed Sheeran reminds us of how real that is in our culture and how people are, are dying and, 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 and losing their freedom every single day. They're they're giving into temptation. And, you know, your temptation may be a number of different things. It might be substance abuse. It might be comfort seeking, overspending, overeating. It might be using your language to curse at others and tear others down. It might be a pattern of lying and becoming a deceitful person. Or it could be sexual immorality, which seems to be possibly a big theme from Ed Sheeran's song, Bad Habits. This late nights where it gets bad after two and I keep coming back to you, this stranger I barely know. See, this song, whatever the intention of the author was, it seems to speak right into the, the possibly primary challenge in our culture and temptation that's so prevalent and that's the temptation to sexual immorality. It's rampant. And, and, it, and it wasn't common just now in our times or in recent history, it was common back in the Bible. Read the book of Corinthians. Man, there was so much sexual immorality going on in culture. And so that's one of the reasons why we have stories like the one you just read from Proverbs chapter seven is because God knows it's a temptation in our life. What is sexual immorality? It's taking something that God has given us for good, for our good, taking it outside the boundaries that he created it for. See, God actually designed sex. I know I'm like hitting all the uncomfortable points like that you could possibly address in a message from your pastor at church, but just go with me for a moment. Like God actually created sex and he made it as a pleasing gift. He made it pleasurable. He made it so that children can be produced. He made it so that, that intimacy could be fostered in a, in a relationship, a marriage relationship. But he also put boundaries on it. This is not my idea or any other pastor or preacher's idea. This is God's idea that has lasted millennia. It's his, his eternal word. It's God's definition for sexuality. He said it's meant to be experienced and joyfully experienced within the context of a loving marriage between one man and one woman who commit their lives together for life. And anything outside of that, it's like taking a flame outside of a fire pit. You know, inside the fire pit, it has great potential to, to roast food, have s'mores, enjoy a beautiful night, night, cool night, you know, around a, a warm flame. But when you take it out of the boundary, it can ruin and destroy. It can burn a home down. And when you take sexuality out of its intended boundaries, it can destroy your home, a marriage, a family, your life, your future. 
And it's not just sexual immorality that we're speaking to today, although this is a very common bad habit in the lives of so many people, so many addictions related to sexual immorality that ruin people. But there's all sorts of bad habits that the devil will use. Anything that will work, that's his plan. Anything that will work to derail you from the great future that God has planned for you. Don't forget this lesson. Bad habits overpromise but they under-deliver. Proverbs chapter seven. That's gonna be amazing. Just go with me. And just like, just like a deer or an ox headed to slaughter, it would cost him his life, his future, as it will for you. Bad habits, where do they lead? They lead to ruin and destruction. Well, bad habits are tempting. The, the appeal is so strong. And when you read these pages of God's word and you read this story, you're like, wow, it like hits on every, every sensory temptation. It's like, it's going to smell good. It's going to feel good. It's going to be amazing. Like all of this, it's like, that's just some powerful temptation, right? And, and that's how the devil works. He does whatever it takes because those desires for what we want can be so strong. When my uh, boys were five and seven, they were in the back seat of our vehicle and my wife was in the passenger seat. Our girls were in the middle seats and we stopped. We pulled up a Target on our way home because Jennifer had to run in and get a few things. And so the two girls hopped out with Jennifer and they went into Target. And as they're, as they're leaving our vehicle and I'm gonna wait out in the vehicle with my boys and they're just gonna get a handful of things, just kind of for fun, knowing that there was like, probably majority chance that she would not get what I was asking. I was like, hey, babe, can you just grab some cookies and donuts too? And, you know, kind of saying it with a smile on my face, like she's totally not going to get it. And she gave me the look that's like, yeah, that's not healthy. And no, I'm probably not going to come out with cookies and donuts. <laughs> so I knew my wife well after all these years, and I knew she was not coming out with these things. And so I said to the boys as they walked into Target, I said, hey, guys, you want to have some fun with mom? And they're little boys. And they're like, yeah, absolutely, dad, let's do this thing. And so we pulled over into the next parking lot, which is Publix Grocery Store. And I was like, come on, guys, we got to hustle up. We got to beat mom and the girls. And so like, let's go. And so we ran inside right to the sweet aisle. And we picked out some cookies. We picked out some donuts. We paid for them. We put them in our bags. And we ran back out to the car. And we pulled up to Target just about the time my wife and the girls were coming out. And I said, hey, guys, here's what we're going to do. When she puts the Target bags in our vehicle, I'm going to set them back towards the back, kind of by you guys. And here's what you got to do. You got to be real careful when you're doing it. But you need to put all the sweet stuff in the target bags. And then, and then when, when, it's, when it's the right time, once we're cruising down the road, you need to pull them out one at a time and be like, mom, you got cookies. Mom, you got donuts, that's awesome. And, and you just wouldn't believe their amazing abilities to act as a five-year-old and a seven-year-old little boy because they did it perfectly. We're cruising down the road and, and one of the boys says, mom, holding up the target bag, did you get cookies? And Jennifer looks back so confused because like, no, of course she didn't get cookies, but there they are in her Target bag. And then one of the other boys pulls out donuts out of another Target bag. Mom, you got his donuts. Thank you so much. And she's so confused and, and just shocked. Like, no, I, I didn't. And, and maybe that conversation flashing through her mind, did I love my hu husband so much subliminally that I just went and got these? Like, how did this happen? And I just kind of threw in there for fun. Like, maybe you got someone else's bags. And she's like now panicked and concerned that we should turn the vehicle around. And at that moment when we knew we had her, all three of us boys just busted up laughing so hard. One of the greatest moments because we had her right where we want her. She fell for it. 
right? But we we wanted those sweets, man, and they and they did taste good later. Probably tasted even better knowing how we got them. But man, when you want something, when you have a craving for it, man, you'll go to great lengths to get it, won't you? And the devil knows that. And he knows if he can just dangle the right temptation in front of you at the right time in your flesh, you wanna run after it. That's why the Bible tells us to walk in the spirit so that you will not gratify the cravings of your flesh. But temptation is strong. And imagine if you could overcome that short-term thinking that leads to long-term regret. What if you could suffer through the short-term pain of saying no and instead experience the long-term joy of freedom and peace knowing that you did the right thing. Well, how can we do that? Well, I wanna point you back to Proverbs chapter seven. Right before the story that we just read moments ago that began in verse six, there's five verses at the beginning of Proverbs seven right before that epic story. It begins in verse one this way. It says, my son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and to insight, you are my relative. They, meaning wisdom, insight, this understanding that you're gaining, this wisdom, listen, verse five, they will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. This, this wisdom from God will help you overcome temptation. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. And then it goes on to share a very detailed account of a young man who lacked wisdom. He lacked sense. And there's three motivations that come from wisdom as you grow in godly wisdom that will help you defeat temptation. I'm gonna share a couple other lessons, but let me give you these three things briefly, and I want you to write them down. One is, Wisdom teaches me to fear God. I fear God. I fear him. The beginning of of wisdom is to fear God. It's to acknowledge his power, that he's sovereign, he's in control, he's almighty, that one day I will stand, in fact, kneel before him in his presence and be accountable for my life and how I lived. And for every sin, I will be accountable for how I lived, every word. Everything I've done here on earth, God sees. He sees it all. And this fear of God is this reverent respect that God is all powerful, that he has the power to toss me into hell for all of eternity. And the Bible is very clear on that. Those who reject him, he's not gonna force to spend eternity with him. There is an eternal punishment awaiting those who reject the gift of the gospel, which is, is forgiveness received through Jesus Christ and his payment for your sins on the cross. That's the good news that, that Jesus took the penalty for all the times that you've given into temptation, all the times that you've failed, all the times that you've sinned. And he said, I, because I'm sinless, can die for you. you. Instead of you experiencing the eternal death, the eternal punishment of this consequence, you can receive me and experience eternal life, not eternal death. And that's the gift of Jesus Christ. That's the most important message on planet earth, what we call the gospel. But Jesus came to set you free from sin, yet a fear of God acknowledges that without Jesus, I'm I'm, I'm helpless and hopeless. But with Jesus, I have hope. But there's this fear, this respect, this awe that God punishes sin and he's powerful enough to do it and he doesn't overlook it. He's a just God. The second thing is I desire his blessing. I do, I want God's blessing and you should too. And this is not what's some have called the prosperity gospel, which is really given a bad name to the the whole message in scripture, which is that God blesses the righteous, that God's blessing is on those who honor him. 
And those who honor God in their lives can expect God's blessing. Is God a cosmic vending machine that if you press the right buttons and he's gonna deliver exactly what you want here in this life? No, that is prosperity preaching, but that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the absolute blessing of God inside and outside of your life, the favor of God resting over your life, the smile of your loving father on your life. So that's wisdom as you learn it in time that that God's blessing comes with righteous living. And so I want God's blessings. That's part of the motivation of wisdom, but the ultimate motivation that comes from wisdom over time, godly wisdom is this, I love Jesus. That's the motivation that he loved me. God so loved the world. He loved us while we were in our sin and he gave his life for me. And so in response to his love for me, his great love, I want to love him back. And that's my motivation to overcome temptation. It's like, I love you so much, God. And I do want your blessing. I, I, I want your reward and I, and I fear you in a reverent, respectful way. I don't want consequence. I do want blessing, but most of all, I want you, Lord, and I love you. That's how you overcome temptation. That's the wisdom that comes from godliness and righteousness. Well, you give up something that you love or you're drawn to because you love something more. And my love of Jesus is the greatest motivation in my life, but all these things stem out of wisdom. And what Proverbs 7, verse 5, follow me on this path for a moment. It could absolutely change your life. Verse 5, it says that this wisdom, it will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. I mean, maybe you've read this story. You're like, man, I'm so glad I'm not in that dude's shoes because can you imagine being in that spot at that time? She comes out, she kisses him, and she sets up the idyllic scenario. It's gonna be perfect and amazing, and we won't be caught, and why not? I mean, no one else is around. It's late, and I just come on over, kind of like Ed Sheeran's song. It's, it's after two. I mean, the party started. I mean, come on, just, just come on over and enjoy love with me. Like, isn't that so Tempting. I mean, you read that, like, how could someone, how can a normal person overcome being in that position at that time? Well, Proverbs 7, verse 5 tells us exactly how. How do you overcome this, these seductive words? It's through wisdom. It's through wisdom. Now, look, look at what lacking wisdom actually looks like. Verse 6 through 7. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men a youth who had no sense. So he had no wisdom. So, so it's, it's comparing and contrasting. It's saying, here's wisdom. This is how you overcome really powerful temptation. Now, we're kind of going down this path of sexual temptation, but you can fill in the blank for whatever your temptation is. So many things we could talk about, but we're gonna go with this one in the story and in the song. It seems so appealing and so powerful, yet the reason why he failed wasn't because of the power of the temptation. It was because of the weakness of his wisdom. It was because he lacked wisdom. This youth who lacked sense. And then it goes on down in verse eight and it says, he was going down the street near the corner of, near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. So he was in the wrong place. He was around temptation and he was there at the wrong time. It really reminds me of Ed Sheeran's song, Late at Night, nothing, nothing good's happening. My temptation just leads me back to you, these bad habits. Just bring, keep bringing me back to you. And I swear it's not gonna happen again, but it just keeps happening. In fact, Ed Sheeran writes these lyrics in the song. He says, yeah, I was looking for a way out. Now I can't escape. 
Nothing happens after two. It's true. It's true. Very pure intentions end when the good times start. I only know how to go too far. You know, the power of temptation is to get you to believe that if you go that direction, you'll be better off. And this young man is thinking, well, if I just go there, then I might end up in a better place. And things seem to be getting better as this woman comes out and gives him all this seemingly good news, but it ends in bad news. It costs him his life. And the story doesn't elaborate on the details. Maybe the husband comes home and it actually does cost him his life. Maybe it costs him his life because then he goes on and becomes someone who's sexually immoral the rest of his life and he never lives in freedom, has a healthy marriage and family. Maybe it's because he lives with regret and guilt and that hangs over his head and causes all kinds of fears and problems and consequences. Maybe he gets her pregnant and that complicates things further in his life. Maybe he gets a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, we don't know the details. We just know that it costs him his life. And God is just saying like, this is gonna cost you if you go this way. And the power of temptation, the lie of temptation, see the devil is the father of lies. He says, if you come with me, whatever the temptation is, if you come with me, it's going to be better. Just like this woman with her seductive words, if you come with me, it's gonna be better but it actually ends worse. And every time you're in the mode of temptation, you need to be reminded that there's, there's two voices. There's God's voice, take the high road, escape temptation. There's the devil's voice. It says, come, it's, it's gonna be better if you go with me. And the, and the devil being the father of lies and a master liar, and God can only speak truth. God literally, it tells us in the word, he cannot lie. When you go with temptation, you give in to temptation and you actually sin, every time you do that, what you're doing is you're casting a vote to say, I believe the devil's voice over God's voice. Every time you give in to temptation and sin, you're saying, I believe the devil more than I believe God. Because the devil's saying, if you just do this, if you just do this thing that you know is wrong, that God says is wrong, it's gonna work out better. You'll be happier, you'll be more fulfilled. It's gonna be great, it's a shortcut. You'll end up better in the end. And he's lying to you, he's setting you up and you're believing his voice, the voice of someone that God calls the father of lies. But every time you say no to temptation, I'm not going that direction. I'm trusting in the Lord. What you're doing is you're saying, God, I believe your voice, the voice of truth. That even though in this moment that seems appealing to my flesh and it seems better in this moment, I trust that God, your ways are higher and your ways are better. And so I'm believing the voice of truth and I'm casting my vote that your voice is the one to believe and to follow. But when Ed Sheeran, when he says, you know, I, I was looking for a way out, but I can't escape, it, it caused me to think of this question, like, I wonder how many people think that that's actually true, that I can't escape. I mean, that's a lyric in a song that's blowing up around our country. And I wonder how many people think that that's actually true, like, I can't escape. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, take a look. No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not, come on, help me preach and say not. Yeah, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So you can trust in these things that God said in his word that are absolutely true. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Can it be absolutely challenging and difficult and so appealing like, oh, I don't know if I can resist this. Yes, it may feel like that way a moment, but in a moment, but you can know that it's not beyond what with God's help you can bear. 
And then what you could also take to the bank is that God's saying, I will always provide a way out. I'll provide a way out. And this youth who lacks sense, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't have good long-term boundaries, and he's going that way. And so it's no surprise that he ends in a tragedy. It's kind of like those movies that, that you, you know you and I have seen so many times where a car goes off a bridge and it's, it's sinking into the water and maybe they do escape or they don't, but there's a, you know, breaking through the window and pulling the seatbelt off and swimming out or someone coming down to save them just in the, the last moment. And, and you know, every, every foot that, that that vehicle that's sinking into the water and headed toward the bottom of the riverbed or the bottom of the sea floor, every foot that goes down is less chance of survival. It's further from oxygen, Further down and is deeper in the pit, less chance of escape. And eventually it's going to end in death if they don't escape. And the key to overcome temptation is not just to get out as fast as you can. It's not just to escape. And that's a part of it, to flee, to run. But it's not just to get out as fast as you can when, when things are sinking and they're going to a bad place to get out. When you find out that they are, you need to get out. You need to run. It's like, guys, I got to get out of this vehicle. Stop the car. I'm not going to that place because I know that that's not going to end good. What you guys are talking about, I'm not in. Stop the vehicle. Like, that's good. But what's, what's even better, what's even better is to not even get in the vehicle. How do you overcome temptation? Man, you don't go down that street by your house. <laughs> Not at twilight in the middle of the night. You see, see, he lacked wisdom, and the Bible's trying to give us a clear indication that he lacked sense, and so that led to his ruin. It wasn't just in the moment, because it ends in all at once he followed her, but he didn't just follow her all at once. He'd been following her down the street at her house in the middle of the night. He set himself up for the all at once moment, and yet we look at God and say, well, God, all at once, it just happened. I can't help it. It's just a moment, and God's saying, well, it wasn't just all at once. You lacked wisdom. You didn't have good boundaries in your life. You didn't avoid corrupt friends. You didn't avoid corrupt places and then your life got corrupted and you're saying well it was just in a moment I can't help myself or as Ed Sheeran writes in this song I can't escape is that true for a believer it's not you can God promises that he will provide a way out and no temptation will be beyond, be beyond what you can bear but wisdom says to set boundaries and stay far away and and to think that I can handle it or everyone else can do it that's going to lead to a failure or a relapse and so here's here's the the message I'd love for you to write down the lesson is are my boundaries defined and being defended. It's a question that I love for you to take into your time alone with God this week or maybe take into a, a close relationship with an accountability partner, a, a spouse, a trusted friend. Like, how are my boundaries in life? And whatever the areas where there's, there's temptation, two bad habits, are, are the boundaries set? Are they defined long-term? And are they being defended? Because maybe you set them a long time ago, but now the devil's encroaching on those boundaries and you're starting to think, well, I think I'm good now. I don't think I need to have those boundaries anymore. You're setting yourself up for the all at once failure that happens in a moment. See, he was, he was walking down a dangerous path, this young man who had no sense. And it's no surprise that it leads to a crash. And I wanna look back at this passage one last time before we close. In Proverbs chapter seven, Look at verse 21. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into the noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. 
it will cost him his life. And then it, it goes on in verse 25. It says, do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Stay away from bad habits. Stay away from temptation. Get it out of your home. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your vision, out of your path, because it leads to ruin. And then this final verse in verse 27, it says, her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. Randy Alcorn, a Christian author, was writing on the topic that we're speaking about today. And he tells a story about a young man named Eric who came into his office for help. And he crashed down into a seat in his office. And he said, he said Randy, I'm, I'm so mad at God. And Randy said, well, why are you mad at God? Tell me the story. And he said, well, this last week I, I cheated on my wife. And I committed adultery. So I'm mad at God. And he allowed this to happen. And Eric Grew up in a strong Christian family. He went to a good school. He had so much potential in his life, married a, a strong Christian woman and they had a great family going. And, and yet he worked with this woman who he was attracted to and it was mutual and they had this, this connection. And he entertained that. And Randy asked him, he said, well, Eric, tell me, did you ask your wife to pray for you in this temptation? And he said, well, no, I, I didn't. He said, did you try to avoid her at work? And he's like, well, no, we, we actually did go out to lunch every day. And that was part of the problem that led to the fall. And, and, and at that moment, Randy kind of interrupted Eric and he started praying out loud as he pushed a book across his table. And he said, God, please don't let this book fall to the floor. God, please don't let this book fall to the floor. And he looked right at Eric and he said, I'm mad at God because I prayed that he wouldn't let that book fall and it fell to the floor. He said, Eric, if you keep pushing closer and closer to the edge, your life will fall off the edge eventually. And so you're mad at God and, and I can understand why you'd say that, but I more understand why God would be mad at you. Well, Eric didn't repent from his sin and he went on to become a sexual predator, even abusing his own daughter, and he landed in prison. He's repentant, but suffering the long-term consequences of his sin and his failure to set guardrails and boundaries around his life in this very critical area. Her house, it says in Proverbs 7, is a highway to the grave. Bad habits lead to you. They lead to the devil, they lead to consequences, ultimately to hell. You get to choose today what you will start, what new habits you'll start, what boundaries you'll establish, what accountability you'll seek out, what you'll stop doing, stop going near the door of temptation, stop going near that place, stop going near that temptation down that road, and what you'll continue doing, seeking the Lord, putting Him first, staying close to Him, and that's my final question I want to leave you with today is what's my next step to start, to stop, or to continue? What are you going to do to get closer to Jesus and move closer to the truth and move away from temptation? Because if you keep inching your life closer to those bad habits, you're setting yourself up for a highway to the grave that leads to a crash. My hope is that instead of following the father of lies, you'll choose to listen to the voice of truth, God's voice, You'll choose to embrace wisdom and boundaries and trust God and take your next step. So what's your next step? I hope you'll take it. 
and you'll see the blessing of God rest over your life. Right on, right on. Hey, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your amazing wisdom. Thank you for your grace and your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for your direction and your leadership in our lives. Give us godly wisdom to avoid sin, to stop doing the things that are ruining our lives, to continue doing the things that are gonna lead to the outcomes we want, or perhaps to start new things tomorrow, even today, new boundaries, new relationships, new steps, things that will get us where we want to go because we're trusting in your ways and we're running from the ways of the enemy. Jesus, we love you and we ask for your help as we follow you with everything that we have. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today at Church Experience Online. We would love to hear what you thought about today's service. So scan this QR code or head over to churchexperience.tv connect. Leave your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. Love to hear from you, love to get back to you, and we would love to be praying for you. We'd also love to hear from you if you made a commitment to Jesus Christ today. We'd love to celebrate that decision with you because it is the greatest decision that you could ever make. We hope to see each and every one of you back here for week three of Top of the Charts. But until then, we're signing off.